Diana's up there vamping until I get going. I, I didn't realize it was 10 o'clock already. It, it is late, I know, my goodness. It's so good to, to see you all in worship on this, the second Sunday in the, in the season of Lent. Um, there's a few things I want to bring to your attention. The first is, I want a round of applause offered up for Corky Hansen, and here's why. When I came up to the church earlier this week, they, all of these cones that are out here in the median um, had just kind of come up, not quite to the property. And people were turning into the turn lane to turn in, and I just freaked out. I thought, oh my goodness. That's why I, uh, that's why I left the, uh, I sent an email out saying, please don't turn there, come down the Bay Shore. Well, Corky apparently got on the phone with the folks at DOT, and um, they have since moved those cones even further down. So it's almost impossible, unless you take your life into your own hands, to actually turn in from Market Street. So again, come down to Bayshore. But thank you, Corky, for making that. Sure to come up uh, because we have been promised and it is in the plans of a left-hand turn lane in this island to come into our church. I am concerned. I haven't heard back just yet because our head engineer was in Raleigh at the time. I am concerned that this construction may take place at the same time this construction is. So be prepared for an issue. Well, and applaud him anyway, will you? <laughs> I think the real clear point is be careful, folks. Until all of this gets resolved and the turn lanes are in place, and just be careful. And we, we need to remind our preschool of that, too, because there's a lot of traffic on the weekdays with our preschool. Um, this coming Wednesday, we made a, a choice uh, that your leadership and I thought that maybe it would be a better solution to making it easier for our worshiping community to come out and enjoy soup and followed by Lenten worship to move it up one hour. Um, so we're going to do that this coming Wednesday. So soup and, soup and supper will happen at 5 o'clock and then followed by evening prayer at 6 o'clock. And we're hoping that that one hour adjustment may inspire a little bit more participation. It still is dark at that time of night. We, we, we know that. But um, we'll see. So just know that if you're planning on coming, and I hope you are, to soup, uh, that's going to be at 5, and then worship will be at 6. Uh, a AED training. Uh, Pam, where's line? Where are you? Um, do you have everybody that you need for AED training today? or do, are there? Okay, so Pam is going to be leading a, a training for the use of our AED machine. Um, our device that could save a life if, uh, if, that, if, if it presents itself as necessary. Um, and you've got all the people that you need for that right now, or could you have a couple more? Stand up, Pam, please. See her if you're interested in being trained on that. So um, she would be more than happy to talk to you about that. Um, Andrea has an interesting ministry that she has brought to our community. It's brand new um, to us, and she wanted me to say a little bit about that. And so, um, 
in the News for the Pews, we are collecting medicine bottles, pill bottles. Um, I don't know about you, but when I've gone to kind of um, get a new prescription, my pharmacy no longer takes those pill bottles back. Um, I always thought that you give them to them, they recycle them, but they don't take them back anymore. And I don't know if that's true of all pharmacies, but that's what I've found. Well, this is a ministry that is taking those pill bottles, cleaning them, uh, making certain that they're sterile, and then putting medicines in them to send to two-third uh, two world countries, people in need. Um, and so they are actively recycling these pill bottles that might otherwise go into a landfill. So there is a display set up in the Narthex. Um, it's a very cleverly put together little, looks like a pill bottle, but that size. Um, just bring in your discarded pill bottles. It'd be very helpful if you could remove the, 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 um, the label from them. But if you can't, I think we might have a process to do that, right? I think that they're putting labels on them nowadays that are easily removed. But in the event that you can't get them off, just don't let that impede you from bringing those pill bottles. We'll make sure that they get clean and utilized. I, I suspect people are not hearing you. So you can read about it in, in the News for the Pews. And if you want to speak directly to Andrea about it, just see her following worship all as well. Let us prepare our hearts and our minds to worship our great God this blessed Sunday morning. Please stand. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who writes the law on our hearts, who draws all people together through Jesus. Amen. Wrapped in God's mercy, let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Holy God, we confess that we are caught in snares of sin and cannot break free. We hoard resources while our neighbors are hungry and cold. We speak in ways that silence others. We are silent when we should speak up. We keep score in our hearts. We let hurts grow into hatred. For all these things and for sins only you know, forgive us, Lord. Amen. Here is a flood of grace. Out of love for the whole world, God draws near to us, breaks every snare of sin, washes away our wrongs, and restores the promise of life through Jesus Christ. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. God, by the passion of your blessed Son, you made an instrument of shameful death to be for us the means of life. Grant us so to glory in the cross of Christ, that we may gladly suffer shame and loss for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who reigns and lives with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Children forward for the children's message. Jesus said, let the children come. Do not stop them, but urge them on. For to these the kingdom of heaven belongs. As they grow in their faith, the church will grow strong. Jesus said, let the children come. Jesus said, let the children come. Let the children come. The child is here. Good morning. The Lord be with you. It's good to see you. So, have you ever gone outside without wearing a coat that your mommy or your daddy told you to wear? No? You never did that? You're such a good kid. Well, I have to admit that when I was about your age, there were plenty of times when I didn't wear a coat outside like I was told to. And guess what happened? I got cold. Now, I lived up north where it gets a whole lot colder than it does down here, but still, my mom and my dad, they knew better. They knew that I needed to wear a coat outside in the wintertime when it was cold. All right, I've got another question for you. Let's see. Have you ever been given something to eat for dinner that you didn't like and you were told to eat it anyway? That never, that never happened? You are one blessed little dude, I'll tell you what. Because I, yeah, I'm going to ask your dad all these questions later on, that's right. But when I was about your age, I was given liver and onions. I know, right? And I was told to eat it because it's good for you. I did not agree with that assessment of liver and onions when I was a kid, but mom and dad seemed to think they knew better. And you know what? When I got to be an adult, I started liking liver and onions, although now I find out that it's not really good for you, so I don't eat anymore. The point being, mom and dad, they had an idea of what they knew that was going to be good for me, 
and I just didn't agree with them. But you know what? That happens even to Jesus' disciples. Jesus tells his disciples about God's plan for him, which was to, um, to be rejected by the leaders of the day and to be hung on a cross. And Peter, who was one of his um, most outspoken disciples, pulled him aside and said, Jesus, uh-uh, that's not going to happen. And Jesus said to him, Peter, you don't know any better. And you know what? Jesus was right. Peter did not know what was the best thing for Jesus in that moment. And in fact, because Jesus went to the cross and died and rose again, all of us are here today to give thanks to God for God's love for us and God's forgiveness through Jesus and to give us the strength to keep going in our lives and to do things that we know God wants us to do, mainly to love one another, especially our parents. You think you can remember that? Will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for Jesus who teaches us to love you and to love one another. Help us to practice on our parents who know what's good for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for coming forward. Good morning. Our first reading this morning is from Genesis chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and, we will, and, I will, and we will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of multiple of nations. No longer shall you be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your offerings after your th throughout the generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations, Kings of people shall come from her. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Please read responsibly with me from Psalm 22. You who fear the Lord, give praise. All of Jacob's line, give glory. Stand in awe of the Lord, all of your offspring of Israel. For the Lord, For the Lord does not despise nor abhor the poor in their poverty. Neither is the Lord's face hidden from them, but when they cry out, the Lord hears them. From you comes my praise in the general assembly. I will perform my vows in the sight of those who fear the Lord. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Let those who seek the Lord give praise. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and 
turn to the Lord, all the families of nation shall bow before God. For domination belongs to the Lord, who rules over the nations. Indeed, all who sleep in the earth shall bow down and worship. All who go down to the dust, though they be dead, shall kneel before God. Their descendants shall serve the Lord, whom they shall proclaim to generations to come. They shall proclaim God's deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying to them, the Lord has acted. Our second reading this morning is from Romans chapter 4. Hear part of Paul's message to us. The promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be heirs, faith is null and promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith in order that promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, for he is the father of all of us, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist, hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, but turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. 
He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Someone once shared with me an encounter that they had at a jewelry store. While looking at a display case of necklaces, this person overheard a young woman ask the salesperson if she could look at one of the sterling silver crosses that was located behind the glass there. And this cross-shaped necklace she wanted to look at was located among several varying styles of cross necklaces. And so to be sure the salesperson picked out the correct one, the young woman specified, I'll take that cross, the one without the little man on it. Little chuckle. Maybe it was the delivery. The punchline should have been much more profound. But <laughs> Apart from any historical connection to the reason some of the necklace crosses even have a little man on them, let alone understanding and knowing who and what this little human figure represents, the cross can and is often simply a pretty precious metal symbol with which we choose to accessorize our wardrobe. Historically, the people in Jesus' day would have completely understood quite vividly what he meant when he said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. The cross, you see, was a symbol of terror in Jesus' day. It was the, the choice method of public execution utilized by the Roman empirical forces to send this pervasive message that anyone going against the constrictive rules of the empire would be crucified on a cross, thus striking terror in the hearts and the minds of the people. So, a convicted person, often unjustly convicted, would then be forced to carry a wooden beam, essentially wearing it across their shoulders and neckline, to be designated to a designated place where that beam would then be affixed to an upright beam and the person carrying that beam would then be hung on it, either tied to it by ropes or in instances like Jesus's, nailed to it where they would eventually suffocate. It was horrible. It was horrible. Jesus expressly shared with Peter and the disciples what it was that they could expect by their association with being a follower of Jesus, and you can imagine what that must have sounded like. They would witness one of the greatest travesties in history. 
in which Jesus describes it in this way, the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. Peter privately rejected that notion. He pulled Jesus aside and began to, Scripture says, rebuke him. But then Jesus, turning back to openly address the followers, rebukes Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he says. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Now, there is so much going on in this scene. But how does it all tie back to the request made at the jewelry counter? I'll take that cross, the one without the little man on it. Jesus said to the people, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross. And follow me. Do you see the connection? The people knew that that was a death sentence. Knowing full well the people who heard this would understand the brutal context, Jesus invites them to follow me. But what Jesus includes in this terror provoking challenge is the very promise which enables us to choose wearing cross-styled jewelry even today without the little man on it. Because the power of the empty cross stands because of the power of the empty tomb. That should have gotten an amen. The power of the empty cross stands because of the power of the empty tomb. Amen. Amen. I need you, man. I need you. Jesus included this, you might say, surreptitious good news in his prediction of what would happen after his suffering and rejected and being killed. After three days, Jesus says, indeed, Jesus promises, I will rise again. The cross stands empty because of that third day, Easter, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus the Christ. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me, Jesus says. We can do exactly that. Because the fear which otherwise may consume us, if left to bear the the burdens of the world and our lives on our own, the weight of such a cross could crush us. But we're not alone. We're not alone. Carrying the cross is only a part of the journey but it's shared with all of those who respond in faith to what Jesus is summoning. All the suffering, all the rejection, even death does not have the final say on our lives. The cross stands empty because of the empty tomb. Amen. Amen. Whatever burden any one of us may bear, burying it Bearing it alone should no longer be terrifying because of that third day, that Easter moment. That's true, whether you're dealing with medical crisis, aging, relationships, employment dynamics, questions concerning your own sense of self-worth and and place in this world, anything which can be symbolized by the taking up of our crosses to bear, Jesus is right there with you. And just as was true with Jesus, God doesn't leave you hanging there. 
nor buried in defeat. The promise of the third day, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus the Christ, emboldens us to wear an empty cross because out of suffering, out of rejection, out of despair, out of any circumstances in our lives in which we find that there is no hope, God gives us hope. God gives you hope. All that stuff which might otherwise hold us back, we can say like Jesus, get behind me, Satan. Satan, by the way, means adversary or anything which draws us away from God. Get behind me. With such faith as guided Abraham and Sarah, God can and will restore you, resurrect your spirit, renew you, and invigorate you through any and all of life's circumstances, even unto death. Do you believe that? Amen. In Lent, we repeat the phrase, return to the Lord your God. For God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. That steadfast love leaves the cross empty because the tomb is empty. That steadfast love mercifully accompanies you along the way, and the burden of the cross you may bear is lifted because of your faith that you are not alone. That little man may not be on the cross, as that young woman pointed out at the jewelry counter, but the spirit of the living God in Christ Jesus is on you and in you and is working through you to change the world. Amen.
this mountain shall be moved, and the power of the gospel shall prevail, for we know in Christ all things are possible, for all who call upon his name, we will stand as children of the promise, we will Let us reaffirm our baptismal faith using the words of the Apostle Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and forgared. On the seventh of the dead, on the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Trusting in God's promise to reconcile all things, let us pray for the church, the well-being of creation, and a world in desperate need. We turn to you, meaning holy God. Nurture in your children the gifts of the Spirit poured out in baptism, and let the mind of Christ guide the church. Give wisdom and discernment to our bishops, pastors, deacons, teachers, and leaders. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We turn to you for renewal. Save lives and necrosthenisms threatened by pollution and a changing climate. Cleanse the earth's waters and restore the soil. Preserve the rainforest, deserts, and wildlife that generations to come may cherish your creation. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We turn to you for justice. Uphold the worth and dignity of every person, especially any who are experiencing hatred and rejection because of their gender, ability, sexual orientation, color, ethnicity, or religion. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. We turn to you for healing. Send compassionate helpers to any and all who suffer because of war and violence. Shelter unhoused people, befriend those who are lonely, bring hope to any in despair, and console the bereaved, especially those on our prayers and concerns. Hear us, O God, mercy is great. We turn to you for purpose, Remind us of your faithfulness to this congregation. Increase our trust in your guidance and keep us near the cross. Grant that our acts and service will express Christ's sacrificial love. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. 
We turn to you for peace. We honor the saints who lived in service to others. Inspire us by their example until you gather us again into your kingdom. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Accompany us on our journey, God of grace, and receive the prayers of our hearts. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. We especially acknowledge those worshiping with us online. Peace be with you wherever you are, and may God's peace and love flood your environment where you are. We may turn to the camera with the red lights and wave a gesture of love and peace to those in their homes. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. God bless you. Peace. The choir is going to lead a praise song for you right now. It's called Rest for Your Soul. It's very easy to learn, so we would love for you to sing along with us, and we hope that you like it. Are you tired and troubled? Weighed down by a heavy load, praying for change, searching for faith, waiting on a miracle. Are you drowning in questions? Can't believe where the road has led. There's one who knows the heavy you hold. And he says, come to me.
the bread of life and the host of this meal. Bless these gifts that we have gathered that all people may know your goodness. Feed us not only with this holy food, but with hunger for justice and peace. We pray this in your name. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. You call your people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast, that renewed in the gift of baptism, we may come to the fullness of grace. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your eternity as you teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Come, receive bread and drink for the journey, a feast for hungry hearts. Thanks be to God. And a reminder that as you come forward to receive the host, 
All of the host today is gluten-free, and you will take, um, receive the sacrament along the kneeling rail. Come. At this table, we have tasted your immeasurable grace. As grains of wheat are gathered into one bread, now make us one loaf to feed the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Amen. Beloved, you are God's own people. Holy, washed, renewed. God bless you and keep you. Shower you with mercy. Fill you with courage. And give you peace. Amen.
Go in peace. God is at work in you. Thanks be to God. Some refreshments and some fellowship in the ministry center.